to Firing Pin Leadership, your podcast about leadership development with an emphasis on growth and influence. While each episode centers on public service, discussions cover what works and what doesn't to guide and support your leadership acumen. I'm your host, BJ King. On this episode, my daughter Erica wants to see what it's like to interview and edit an episode for a podcast. Let's see what you think. BJ King. What do I call you? You call me dad. Thank you. Do you have any family or friends in law enforcement? If not, how did you get involved in law enforcement? Or are you in law enforcement yourself? I am in law enforcement myself, and I have quite a few relatives that have been and currently are in law enforcement themselves. Okay, before I get on to next questions, I have a quick question. What got you into law enforcement? So years ago, when I was about nine, and my mom was working up at a county sheriff's office part-time as a cook, I would sit in the dispatch jailer area where it was the front entrance area and there was this trooper that came in and said hey you want to look at my car i said well yeah and we walked out and he and i got a personal tour of all the car keep in mind i was already liking the idea of law enforcement because when i was sitting in the lobby i saw how the cops acted and all their stories and everything that was important to them that they wanted to talk about there in the office so i was already liking it and then when he said do you think you want to do this when you grow up i said uh Yeah. Okay. Why do you think there aren't much supporters of law enforcement? Well, right now, um, and where I'm at, I am real certain that there's a very strong support of law enforcement because the community that I work in, they understand the importance of what law enforcement is. However, in other areas around the U.S., they do, well, they don't respect the idea of what law enforcement is because that's an authoritarian type role for which someone has to say, no, you're not going to do that. And then that comes accountability. There are two perspectives that I have on why there's not much support. One, that law enforcement is the control aspect. I mean, it's the executive branch of the government anyways. On top of that, you have people who already don't appreciate the idea of what the government does. So someone has to be the persecutor, and that would be law enforcement. Along with that, You have people who don't like to be told no and have to live to the standard of society of just being safe. That's all we're concerned about is we just want people to be safe. And that's not happening uh, in some areas. And they're reaping the rewards for that. They're dealing with that in their own way. So the lack of support comes from two ideas. One, people already not liking it. And two, uh, having to be held accountable. And when you put those two together, when you have to be held accountable when you don't want to by an institution that doesn't support you and whatever lifestyle you choose, then there's a whole bunch of anger. Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. Okay. What is your personal, wait, what is your personal perspective of law enforcement? So, okay. So at first, before you wanted to become a cop, what did you think, like, how did you think of cops? Like, did you think they were scary? Did you think they were cool? Did you think they were bad? Did you think they were good? I think because my exposure to law enforcement at such an early age uh, had shaped me into the idea of not ever being fearful of law enforcement of actually understanding and respecting what they do i mean the idea is that it provides a level of income because it's a service that's necessary however i never i can't really speak much about what it was like before because i was 
just a little kid. So for someone to think that always be drawn to it. And then finally at 16, I thought, you know what, that's something I want to do. And before that, you know, had to, had to like get their, all their energy out and, and not like law enforcement and run from the cops and whatnot. Uh, that was never me. I think that my experience is that it was always in the back of my mind from when I was young. So I didn't have to worry about that at all. Okay. Do you think people should be afraid or think anything bad about law enforcement? If so, or if not, why? The only time people should be afraid of law enforcement is when they know that they have done done something very, very dangerous. That's the only time they need to worry about law enforcement because that law enforcement is going to stop them. That is what their goal, their purpose is, is to preserve the peace, to provide order in the chaos. And if there is something dangerous out there, we may have to up up the ante a little, but it's in order to stop it right in its tracks. If someone is fearful of the cops, well, that's unfortunate. I get it because, again, then again, if people aren't used to being held accountable for the smallest violation of the law and they and and they get a little fearful, I respect that as well. However, that's not what we're here for. We're not here to invoke authority in that and take advantage of that. We're not bullies. We're simply there to preserve life and to help people for all the perspectives that we uh, provide service for, uh, even in a controlled facility, such as a jail or prison. Um, So you said that you were exposed to law enforcement at an early age, right? Mm -hmm. So what is one of the first stories, if you care to tell, that you remember being with law enforcement? Any sort of it. (laughs) That was my brother-in-law, Rick Wall. He was uh, a country uh, type of guy that worked for a very small rural agency and then went on to a small police force. And then he eventually moved on to a larger police force. Uh, So his career progressed uh, as I got older. And he was the first one that I ever knew as a relative that was in law enforcement. And one of the funnest times I had was when he let me mess with his baton It's called a PR-24. It's a long stick with a handle, and there's a whole lot of training that goes with it. But he just said, here, and I know what he was doing. He was waiting for me me to knock myself out with it (laughs) as you're flinging around. But that was the first one. And when I graduated from the academy uh, back in 2000, I was very, very pleased, very lucky, and and extremely appreciative for the fact that he was there to be at my graduation and the after-graduation dinner. Did you knock yourself out? No, I did not knock myself out. (laughs) And I didn't hit myself. I may have hit myself on the hand or on the forearm a little bit as I was moving around, but I didn't, or hit it, and I definitely did not hit myself in the head. Okay. So what is your favorite memory from, from Matt being in law enforcement? Matt, my cousin, what is your favorite memory that you've had of a, like some sort of story or just something you like did with him and you were both, or one of you was at work while doing your job? Well, because of our assignments, I haven't had the chance to work with him in professional capacity, but my favorite memory of him working was when he graduated the academy because his dad, my brother, and him, and I were all there, and I was in uniform, so there was a 
picture of the three of us all in our class A uniforms. Okay. What about Joe? What was your favorite memory with him? About law enforcement. <laughs> I know you've had a lot of great memories. There are a lot of great memories. Uh, so before I went to the academy, I did a ride along with him. And as you know, he was a patrol deputy for another agency, the one that Matt's at now. And... <laughs> The very first ride along I did, I did a few with him. And the very first ride along in the morning, it was a nice sunny summer day. It was like a Saturday, if I remember right. And we had just got in the, uh, we already got in the car. We just stopped at the office to get a bag cell phone because it was back then. Everyone had to pick up their cell phones that were in a bag. They were very large. And he handed me the cell phone bag. And as we are getting on this roadway and I am leaning forward to put the bag phone on the floorboard, he ends up making a U-turn. So my head almost hits the dashboard. I went, whoa, and didn't realize that. And then he had a traffic stop right then. And he knocked it out really fast. And then we drove around and we had to take care of a some sort of disturbance or a paper service of some sort. And then later we met with a here's the here's the cool part. We go on a two-lane blacktop highway and we meet another cop in the highway coming at us. And so we stop and we both roll down our windows. Now my thinking being young was all right, we're gonna come up with a plan. We're gonna figure out, you know, who has a warrant or what's you know, what some sort of strategic planning, you know, we're gonna go after somebody, you know. And I was all set up for some quick business discussion that Joe and this other deputy was going to have. That's not what happened. The very first thing as the windows went down and both cop cars come to a stop facing across from each other, the, <laughs> the deputy says, I hungry. What are we doing for lunch? <laughs> And I go in my mind, really? So that shaped my mind that not everything was got to get the bad guy. It was, we are still employees. We still have lives. We still have fun and joke. But that was my very first ever experience <laughs> that was able to gear down the intensity that I thought was always the norm in law enforcement, like cops. So you always thought they were serious. Yeah, more so, yes. Like, uh, coming up, because I thought that that was the prime time to have a plan. It was the very first time to meet up, kind of thing, after things had slowed down, after the couple things had already done, and that's not the case at all. And that... That made me uh, open my eyes a bit that this this is even more for me. Okay. So you work for Buchanan County, correct? Yes. So with before you became sergeant, mm -hmm. what was one of the favorite memories that you've had ever before you became sergeant? I'm sorry. There are a lot. Can you just tell us one good one? Or it could be one that you are really embarrassed to say. No, I'm not going to tell the ones I'm embarrassed to yeah. say. There's way too many of those. No. <laughs> The, I think one story that's in my mind right now was me contributing my part very, very effectively in the very early stages of a double homicide investigation. That will be one that will always stick with me and only those that were there will know what I did uh, that was lucky because they saw what happened and it was like, <gasps> Oh, this is real. This is big. <laughs> uh, there was that. Another time that 
was one of my new favorite stories was, oh, some time ago, there was a pursuit of a stolen rider box truck that was involved in a carjacking. Uh, and numerous agencies were pursuing this stolen box truck and it ended up coming into our county. And I didn't think anything of this. I was like, eh, I don't know. This, this is weird. And then first chance I had to see the parade of lights led by a stolen truck. I went, oh, this is real. All right, we're doing this. And in the process of this pursuit, I end up being the primary vehicle behind the truck twice. Once it was all by myself. Another time, uh, <laughs> I was very close as the tires were smoking and it was catching on fire and all that. And then uh, I realized, hey, this is just like on Cops. But I didn't think of the song from the theme, the theme song. And I was no. so mad at myself. I was like, I so would have said that song to myself, but I didn't think of it. I just said, this is just like Cops. And then, but the best part of not only just being in this extremely large and very important pursuit was that because of my own initiative and my training, I was able to start negotiations for when the guy was barricaded because he wasn't talking to anybody. And then he ends up seeing me and I took a different perspective to where he would while he was extremely agitated. And I started that dialogue and I got that going for a little bit. So I was very, very lucky that not only did I get to go hot and heavy in a pursuit, but also go ahead and uh, get the guy talking so that we could come to a safe conclusion. And we did several hours later. Okay. So after you got promoted to sergeant, what would you say is one of your favorite memories? I know that hasn't been long, but if you could think of any. And this isn't nearly as exciting as my last stories that I had, but the best part of my of being a sergeant or was learning how to be a sergeant. And the reason why I say that is because for over 20 years, I was a line level employee. Yeah, I took some leadership roles and and supervisory perspectives on things. If a lot, if the actual one that was a supervisor was not present, that. I could go ahead and provide that informal guidance, but now it is on me. And for me to be entrusted to that extent to where if things crumble, it's because of me. If things are successful, I had a hand in it, but it's because of them. And the reason why I say that is that it's leadership in practice. Yeah, there are theories, but it was a practical growth perspective for me to be able to go ahead and obtain the, that skill set of guiding people and ensuring that they're safe and making sure that the mission, the policies, the laws, and any other expectations from the higher ranks above me as well as myself, are executed properly to those that are below me. I have to make sure that that's communicated. And for me, to the my favorite part is that I've had to learn where my voice is in that perspective. And because it's not that far, I know that I've done some fun stuff. I've taken over some things that were pretty nice and all that. But the fact that I've learned how to communicate what's important to those that need to be reminded what they already know at times is really, really the best favorite part right now. Okay. What is something that the public does that drives you crazy? One thing that drives me crazy is when a little kid is walking by or something and the parent says, oh, you better be good or the cop's going to get you, going to take you to jail. That's annoying. Now I come up with, uh, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe because we'll probably go get ice cream because they're trying to create a narrative that is not supportive of law enforcement. And, and I get that they're wanting the respect of the authority, but I also understand that they're the authority and they're not passing that buck to where they're the better parent than I am the better cop. So that's what drives me nuts is when someone says, ah, you better be good or that he's going to get you. Like, that does no good. We want them to run to us if they are in trouble, not the dang, I guess no matter what, I'm going to be in trouble if I'm anywhere near cops. No. So that's what drives me nuts. Okay. So you were a school resource officer for Mid Buchanan, correct? Mm -hmm. What is your thought on school resource officers before you were? Well, first, a funny story. When I went through the academy many years ago, I made the solid decision. Oh, I'm never going to be a school resource officer. There's no way I'll ever be in a school. And what happened was, is uh, I thought that I was going to be able to keep hold of that decision just like, hey, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be a cop. Apparently, I didn't have that strong will. What I did have was uh, the opportunity to engage an important demographic and have a lot of fun and guide the idea of those kids that no, I'm not taking you out for ice cream, but I will be sure to walk with you if you're having any troubles. And I've had a lot of sit down talks in a commons area at a table where kids were either in severe crisis, not understanding what was going on or in uh, having a really rough day. And we'd sit down and we'd have a chat. Now, keep in mind, I am not a counselor. I'm not a therapist, but what I am is someone that tries to bring reason and rational thought in, in a way that's effective for a kid that age. And my thought is, is to help them emotionally and socially through their challenge and to address those matters so that they can go ahead and wipe away those tears and just be stronger at some point. Keep in mind, I'm not taking care of the issue that's for them to take care of but that's one thing that I really do well I did enjoy and now there's a large community out there that is familiar with my face because they have bought into me for what my capacity is okay so while you were a school resource officer what was your original thought like right at the beginning my original thought was Oh, gosh, there's nothing but juvenile issues at all times because juvenile law and Missouri statute is very, very tricky if you're not familiar. But if you are familiar, then it all makes sense. The problem is, is that when you aren't exposed to it consistently, it can just simply be intimidating on how to help kids being the adult and then helping kids when they're accused of something and all there's particular rules in Missouri on how to go about that with confidentiality and all that boring juvenile stuff. So my original thought was, is, well, clearly there's been some sort of training on that because they still have school resource officers and they've had them for many years now, started in the Michigan area and it's streamlined. You get extra training. And once I learned that it shouldn't be that bad, it grew on me and I was really happy to be able to know that I could work in that perspective and get a take-home car. <laughs> I miss the take-home car. <laughs> so do I. Yep. But, um, so now, do you think that every, not every school, but like 
every few schools in each state should have or city should have a school resource officer or at least get the chance like every school should at least get the chance to have a school resource officer yes very much so uh again there's still people that are intimidated and willing to be offended by the view of a cop if cops get that training if law enforcement gets that training to know how to properly conduct themselves in that capacity of being a school resource officer and works that line well, then it will, I see it as helping those students become better citizens. And with that, I think that they could not only help in safety, but also trust. So do you think the extra like visuals and communication with a cop would help lower the fear and stress of being around a cop. Yes, because there can be times where the law enforcement officer in the school can take a different action that a school employee cannot. Not to go ahead and say that, well, I can't beat this kid, so I need you to. That's not the case at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that when a law enforcement officer has a different set of policies and rules to work by, a school administrator doesn't have a cop car out there. It's like, hey, if you're good for two days, I'll let you come out and I'll just let you uh, see my car up close. I'll let you sit in the driver's seat and turn on the lights. Sometimes that's all it takes for a kid to be good. And if that's something that can uh, reach through to help the kid with better conduct, and there's success there. Okay, so do you have anything that you think should be added in the whatsoever? I don't know. What do you think is the most important thing about law enforcement? My answer to that is that Law enforcement, police, sheriffs, troopers, and all them, we all have a role to play in helping our culture stay safe. Yeah, we do go ahead and we take care of uh, papers, evictions like that, uh, arrest people for warrants, do traffic stops, answer calls of various things. But we also make sure that if there's a traffic accident, that we make sure that the scene is safe so that that ambulance crew and the first responders can safely work to get care for the people involved and the rest of the traffic to not get involved in another accident. Another thing that's very important, that's probably the most important, is that is that while it may not be the best system, it's one of the better systems around for how our law enforcement agencies operate in the U.S. Again, it's just one role for what our government does. It just may be the primary role that a lot of our citizens have contact with being the representatives of the government. So I think that the most important part is for people to know that we're just one element of what our world consists of. I am. Is there anything you would change about it? If so, what is it? One thing that I think that I would like to see change in law enforcement is the idea that all agencies operate differently to make it more uniform so that people can count on the same type of similar service. If they call for help, there's a very comparable way that there's going to be a response, whether you're in New York, Florida, California, Utah, or Missouri, that there would be a very similar way. Now, I'm not trying to say that we're the state-run stormtroopers of the U.S. government. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for a very, very similar 
way for which we operate. And I know that there's a, there is a similar way, but it gets watered down and then it gets morphed into what it is for our area, depending on agendas and influences that are important. I'm not looking to eliminate that by any means, because that serves all those areas for them. What I'm looking to see is that similar, more similar uniforms, more similar uh, operations that people can know that there we go. We're not, we're not going to be able to mess with this situation because the cops are here. If you end up going up to a rural county where there's only like three deputies on and two of them are part-time and they're only one on at a time and you go to a really bad domestic, they may end up treating it a very different way as opposed to two city cops that are familiar. They're going to go ahead and see it differently. And I respect that. However, I'd like to see a little bit more conforming to a norm of quality for what we do to keep safe. Okay. So if everything but one thing in law enforcement would have to change, what would you keep the same? The one thing I would keep the same is how we stay safe and how we continue to evolve for equipment and behaviors of what we do to be safe, to make sure that we go home at the end of shift. We can change everything else, but as long as we ensure that there are ways for us to be able to be safe in our dangerous world, that's one thing that I would not ever give up and actually would like to see improve upon so that all cops go home at the end of shift. Okay. What are some final points that you think are important important for the law enforcement profession? Well, it's going to sound a little repetitive, but to know that for those that aren't in law enforcement, to know that, look, we have a job to do. Sometimes they ask us to do the impossible, like lift fingerprints off of velvet, you know, I mean, they, or because we take DNA that because of CSI TV series, we'll have the responses back in a, in an hour and get the suspect. I think it's important for people to understand that while there's a job to do, it's important to know we're just trying. We're doing what we can. I know it's good enough for government work, but at the same time, for those that are working downrange, whether it be in any capacity whatsoever for being a badge-wearing gun toter, that we are putting forth our best effort. And I hope that people will get that idea that they may be receiving bad news, but it's the best news I can give when it comes to anything that I have to have contact with. And if there's something that I have to ask of that they are not comfortable with providing, there's a purpose for me asking that. It's not because I'm looking to, for my own self-interest. It's because there's a purpose for that in regarding some sort of information. So all I can hope for is continued communication communication and and cooperation from the public i think that's that's pretty important okay last question okay do you have any quick things to add do you have anything quick to add Mm -hmm. yes i do i think that some people can count on law enforcement when there's no responsibility for law enforcement to help them because of that unreasonable expectations uh, and they treat us like their hired gun or their hired muscle to be able to get something done. You know, uh, an example is, is, well, it was his weekend and he's supposed to return the kids and he hasn't returned them. So you need to go over there and get them. 
like, no, we don't get kids for a parent <laughs> kind of thing uh, for when they're separated. No, we don't do that. Um, I think that's important to know that some people actually use us as a self-agenda-driven tool. And again, that comes along with the idea of telling the kid, you better be good or that cop's going to get you. Um, so there's some expectations that sometimes we have to fix. <laughs> um, and then there's something else. And I think that's it. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Hey, I want to thank my guests for their insights on leadership. I also want to thank you, the listeners. Don't forget to follow Firing Pin Leadership on social media, which includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Keep in mind, a portion of proceeds goes to ConcernsOfPoliceSurvivors.org. Concerns of Police Survivors provides resources to fallen officers, families, and co-workers to rebuild their shattered lives. COPS offers training and assistance to law enforcement agencies nationwide on how to respond to tragic loss of a member of the law enforcement profession. Take care and God bless.